All right, we back in the saddle again. Yeah! Back in the saddle again. <laughs> Ugh, that's terrible. I think that should be the whole intro. <laughs> that is the intro. Welcome, one and all, denizens, if you will. You ever notice, David, I keep practicing the word denizens because I messed it up the very first time we ever tried this podcast, and ever since then, I keep trying to say the word denizens correctly. Which you never do. God dang it! Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Life's a Wreck. I'm your host, Brian Ortiz. I'm the co-host, David Castillo. Oh, no, you're not the co-host, my dude. You're also the host. We share oh. equal partnership. This is an equal relationship, you and I. Despite what the government or the re- or, or church might say, we have an equal relationship together, my dude. <laughs> I really thought I was the bottom, my bad. Now, we're both power tops, which means <laughs> none of us ever gets any pleasure out of doing this. This is episode whatever, and welcome. Uh, what is the format of this show? What is the point, and why are you even in listening to us? Uh, one way to get to know each other is through the social lubrication of topics and conversation. You and I, David, we've said it before, we absolutely hate each other. But the point of this podcast is for the two of us to get to know each other just a little bit better. That way we become better friends, better partners, better hosts, and most of all, better lovers in bed. Because that's the end of my goal, is to make love to you. But what better way to make love to you than to know you? And what is life but nothing more than a series of reactions to educational conversations with one another, David. Every week we bring up a topic to the table, one another. I share mine with you or you share yours with mine. And through those conversations, we each learn a little bit something about ourselves. And so for that today, David, it is my turn to ask the question to know something about you. So let's see if I can pierce that stone heart of yours and find the soft, gooey center. And that today is, David, I'm going to cut to the big question. Do you believe in ghosts and the supernatural, David? David, my favorite movie of all time is, do you know? Ghostbusters. Damn, look at that, man. You killed it on the first try. Ghostbusters, 1984 is my all-time favorite movie ever made. I've written thesis papers about why it's the best movie. I have analyzed it like crazy. I have met most, if not all, of the living cast for Ghostbusters. I am a Ghostbuster uh, for San Antonio. We do charity events. I can't stress enough how much I love Ghostbusters growing up. And it also, as a child, fueled my love for the supernatural. But that's connected to a whole bunch of things, right? Faith and religion or science for some people. It's all over the board. Philosophy, everything. So the bare bones question, David, I'm going to just throw it out there. Let's start this podcast off with a big old. Do you believe in ghosts? David, I've never asked you this. Do you believe in ghosts? Uh, no. Well, thanks everyone for listening. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. <laughs> so glad to have you. Uh, my name is Brian. David doesn't believe in ghosts. Everyone can f off. Uh, David, you don't believe in the super. Do you believe in the supernatural, which is a little bit more encompassing, a bigger umbrella, if you will? Yeah, you you squeeze like science and philosophy in there, which I thought was a little weird. So let's let's differentiate 
natural from the supernatural, right? Uh, or okay. a natural phenomenon from the super. It, but so no. Um, now, like most people, like I used to love like X Files, all those like weird Ooh, like yeah. you know those mystery like the Bermuda Triangle, all that stuff that yeah. just really kind of captured yeah. your imagination as a kid. And then of course I went to college, you know, got real like pretentious, quote unquote, intelligent, oh. educated, whatever. And then that's you know when I more or less kind of realized, okay, maybe there's no tooth fairy. And uh, it took me a while. <laughs> and dude, college really ruined you, didn't it, Dave? It did. It did. But, <laughs> it destroyed and broke your imagination. <laughs> but um, obviously, like I've, I've kind of not come around to religion or supernaturalism, but more of like, uh, kind of like a, an agnosticism towards, uh, like you know, weird phenomenon. Um, just because, I mean, for the most part, no. Though, like you're answering, you're asking the question. I'll just tell you straight up, no. One of the reasons why, and it wasn't like... podcast is going to be real short, David. <laughs> it is, but one of the reasons why uh-huh. I, I just kind of realized, like, um, it's, it's not a, it's not necessarily about, like, philosophy and science and yada yada, but... No joke. Hold on, David. David, no joke. I am hearing weird noises in my house. I'm not messing around. I'm not doing this for the podcast, I swear to God. I hope it's the Blair Witch. In the middle Witch. of my house, I heard, it like, ends like this misery. <laughs> no, it's serious... Did you hear that? Do you hear that? I'm not fucking around. This is like I'm not joking. Okay, don't don't breathe in the Sorry. microphone because I know that that's you, you jerk off. Okay. David, if I get pulled into a dimension of hell, <laughs> I want you Don't even dude. Oh my Seriously? god. Right I'm scared you. Jason <laughs> Jason, okay, Jason scared me when I was a kid, which is why I have no fear for it now and I it's my favorite franchise. But that show Really? Hey, what's that on the kitchen counter? Ha ha ha! I hate you. This podcast is going to end with me just Dude. hating you further. <laughs> when I was a kid, Jason used to scare the crap out of me. Uh, I was because I watched it when I was way too young. I remember going to the movie to the uh, blockbuster with my family and my cousin, and I and we were. Uh, it was like one of his parties, and he was like, "Hey, what do we want to watch?" And I remember my suggestion was like, "Let's watch the Muppets movie." And he slapped me and was like, "No, we're watching Friday the 13th. And I was like, "Oh no!" And it like totally messed with me. And I was a scout, so I had to go camping when I was a kid, which made things worse and there was like a lot of hazing from our scoutmasters growing up and they always wanted to scare us so the man in a hockey mask freaked the hell out of me i remember the neighborhood kids also tried to play a joke on me with like actual machetes and standing in the street like it was a true nightmare when i was growing up but i grew to love it and it became one of my favorite things but it fueled my passion and my love for like the supernatural and for ghosts so i'm just David, were, did you, you in college destroyed you, but like, does that mean when you were a kid and you were younger, you did believe in ghosts and the supernatural when you were a kid? So real quick, let me just, uh, hold on a second. Is, is my audio fine? I can hear you. This whole podcast is haunted, David. That's what's happening. <laughs> we start talking about ghosts and your audio starts sounding weird. I start hearing uh, pops and clinks in my kitchen all of a sudden. Dang, I really called upon something terrible. This is effed up. <laughs> which i know doesn't uh man you are really just like you you live in an apartment why do you honestly think it's not like a noise from like downstairs upstairs i don't know david i don't know what the ghost is thinking it's trying to get my attention somehow dude it's throwing forks and shit i'm living a poltergeist life right here and you're just laughing at me 
Okay, oh, this man. is a nightmare situation I'm stuck in. Who knows I, I, who died here before I got here? I can't imagine what you would do if like your steak ever just like blew maggots out of its ass, like you know, just like a poltergeist. If my steak blew maggots out of its ass. I mean, I couldn't think of a better the, way to describe that scene, but nope, I think that's the best way to describe that scene. And I hope somebody hasn't seen Poltergeist and that's their first <laughs> description of Poltergeist, because that's super intense description, David. That's why you're the writer of the group. You're really creeped out, aren't you? Yeah, it's weird. It's tripping me out. Cause I, I'm also have these headphones that are canceling sound, so for something to come through, it's gotta be loud. You know you know what I just watched? What'd you watch? I just I just watched the Blair Witch Project the other day. Like for the first time? No, no, no. <laughs> no, like it's I think everybody's like seen it at this point, but like I rewatched it like like two days ago or something like that. Yeah. Um Did that movie freak you out when it first came out? It did actually, yeah. Yeah, that movie I thought it was re I thought it was a hundred percent real. And again, further added to my uh problems of going camping, because it's about a bunch of kids in the woods. Camping is just the worst, ladies and gentlemen. It's a it's just a smorgasbord of murder if you go camping is what I learned growing up. But I think when you're in that mode where you believe in the supernatural, stuff like noises in the distance carries greater meaning because you have True. more of like a, a kind of you tend to not just not just imagine things, but like also visualize things. So like, you know, you just like, man, you know, you, and I think what started my my quote unquote like, but, you know, belief in the supernatural was my dad swears on his parents grave that he saw the lechusa what <laughs> and, and and for any like you know non-mexican or non-latin latinx people you may not know what the lechusa is it's kind of on par with like the chupacabra right so my dad he so he's hanging out at like he's in like middle school or whatever he's uh hanging out with friends and they Got some, they get a hold of some nudie mags. <laughs> you know, this, this is back in the back in the day. Like you do. Yeah, back in the day when like you had to work for your perversities back then, right? Like, sure, you know, yeah. Man, I I want to see like a naked woman. I'm gonna have to go to this gas station and yeah. If you wanted really to see titties, awkward. you had to go grab a physical book and look someone in the eye and say, "Give me a magazine that's behind the black bars on that counter, so I can see titties." Yeah, you had to work for your boner back in the day. <laughs> so, uh, so anyways, my, my dad, like him and his friends, like get a hold of some like Playboys or whatever. Um, classic, and, classic. And I guess like he has to go back home like kind of late at night, like you know, like ten or eleven or whatever. So he has a bike that he's got to ride. And he lived, like, at the time, his parents' house was kind of in, uh, I hate to use the word, kind of like the ghetto of Fort Worth. Uh, okay. It's hard to believe that Fort Worth, Dallas area does have some ghettos, <laughs> but yes. Um, and and so he's pedaling. And all of a sudden, in the distance, he hears cackling. Oh, jeez. Like, and it's not just, like, behind him. It's above him and behind him. And he's just like, what the turns around and it's this winged creature with an old woman's face this is the legend of the lechusa right lechusa yeah. described this way and and like he just swears by he pedaled his ass off got home and when he got home his mom like reacted like she knew exactly what was happening because that's the kind of terror he had on his face which is that, like, Whoa. he was just scared so bad, like, he had pedaled so hard to get back home because he was being chased by the Lechusa 
And then, you know, his, his mom, like, you know, did the, <laughs> the like, kurandera rituals and shit like that, you know, to, <laughs> yeah, yeah, to, yeah, to, to yeah. like, As quell the evil spirits. <laughs> Crack an egg under the bed, you know, that kind of nonsense. <laughs> but, um, wow. but, I mean, but, like, he swore. Now, eventually, as we got older, like, I felt like we were kind of able to coax a little bit more, I don't know, like, self-doubt and skepticism, like, I mean, are you sure you saw it? Yada yada. But like to this day, he still swears. Like, no, that's that's you know, like I'm not gonna pretend like I, I know that Latrice is out there stalking me, waiting for the next time I open up a nudie mag, <laughs> or you know, go to Pornhub.com. But you know, nonetheless, <laughs> like that, like he, I mean, he swears that happened, right? So that's when I kind of became like, oh shit, yeah, I should, yeah, let, let's let's find out more about the Bermuda Triangle and let's let's. Let's let's That's bust where your some obsession ghosts, started. Dude. Gotcha. <laughs> okay. Do you have a moment like? Do you have any moment prior to you being, uh, be, prior to your imagination being annihilated by college? Do you have any <laughs> moments like your dad, whether it was a spirit, a ghost, a voice, something in the dark, something that tested you and made you at least a little shivery in your history? No. And I guess I guess before you know before as you mentioned, college annihilated my. Uh, my quote-unquote wander i said my sense of mystery <laughs> my curiosity yeah. you know like yeah, before dude. that i think that's maybe i was kind of being pushed that way because i never experienced anything like that i've had moments where like oh sh dude somebody else just like running in my driveway like i could have sworn i saw like a dennis the menace style face or like the the kid's face from problem child which always scared me um man somebody was like running my like no i can to me it's like you know telling the difference between like you're, you know, mind playing tricks on you and like yeah. actually having a supernatural experience. I just never had that. So I was like at a certain point, you're like, you know, maybe, maybe this stuff is a mystery for a reason because it happened to somebody in their mind. And that's the only place that exists. That experience exists in that person's mind. And that's why, you know, we can't share those things. But Fire in the Sky, Fire in the yeah. Sky was another movie that really Ooh. like... Got me by the balls. I'm like, oh, God, dude. Like, fucking David, aliens scared the shit out dude, of me. Dude, I'm 100%. Here's what... Fire in the Sky messed me up as a kid. I believe in life outside in the universe. Are they here to put things in our butt and do science? I don't know about that aspect in particular. But I do believe... Oh, we would both like that, though. Yeah, I would. But we do... We, I do believe in aliens. I don't believe they're all violent, but I do believe in aliens. So movies like Fire in the Sky, The Fourth Kind, uh, at the time when it came out, like Signs and stuff, really messed with my body and my mind. The movie that still unnerves me was a horror mystery sci-fi movie from 2000 and, 2001 called Pulse. It's a Japanese movie uh, that, that really got to me. And it was it was the way that it was filmed. The, the subject matter, not so much, but the way they portrayed the spirit. So the way they presented it with these flowing motions in the dark, in silence and quiet, was extremely unnerving. And it stuck with me. And that's my biggest fear is not afraid of the dark, but the fact that one day I might wake up or see something in the dark that I can't make out. And that's what makes me really nervous. Um, my experience growing up when I was a kid with the supernatural and with ghosts specifically is I took a trip to Guadalajara when I was in band and we stayed in this really rickety old hotel. And I remember I had all my change in my hand and I threw it on my nightstand. And I remember going to bed and it was just me and somebody else. They had passed out already. I was up late reading a book. Um, and I passed out eventually and we woke up 
in the morning or like somewhere early in the middle of the night slash morning. And I looked over to my counter and all of my change was stacked up straight. <laughs> I couldn't figure it out. The dude, my partner was asleep. My doors were locked. I cannot figure out to this day how that happened. But uh, all I can think about is poltergeist and ghosts. That's the only explanation, David. That's the only true explanation for what happened. Well, hold on a second. This is for Band, right? Yes, I told you, man. Band has a lot of stuff that happens in Band. It's not all just blowing windpipes and play- hitting drums, dude. I mean, that sounds like some sort of weird, like, you know, drunken sex move. Like, I mean, just the way you describe Band. Nope, nope. It was not. It was supernatural, and it was ghosts, David. It was ghosts. So does that mean... So you don't find, you don't believe there, I'm going to get heavy. You don't believe then that there's some type of afterlife for the spirit? No, not at all. The, wow. And and I'm pretty comfortable with that. You know why? Because it it emphasizes and stresses how important this life is. I, I think that's like one of the obnoxious things about like religious people, which is that I think sometimes that idea of the afterlife, and this is not everybody, obviously, you know, sure. generalizing, but the idea of an afterlife kind of almost makes this life a little less meaningful. And and so I think, you know, regardless, you know, like, I, you know, it's, it's kind of, I always hate using like these like lame inspirational quotes, but I always thought Chuck Palahniuk, um, and I can't remember what, what book, uh, what book it is. I think maybe it was Choke, um, that, uh, where he says, um, you know, the, the, the point is not to live forever. It's to create something that will. And as long as you're able to forge memorable relationships, do things that uh, that last, that create memories, not just for you, but for others, like, you know, write a novel, fucking idiot, I can't finish it, but I'm trying to, you know, that kind of stuff, make a film, whatever the case may be, write a story, um, That that's more important than, you know, whether or not, you know, your ectoplasm is going to, like, jerk off in a corner you know, while everyone else like, you know, just like, you know, yeah, just like that doesn't, I don't like that idea that, so maybe that the part of it's like lack of evidence, but the other part is just like, it's just, man, that, that is just a repugnant philosophy to me. Wow. So, so that's from a spiritual sense, but like from a scientific sense, does that, does not, none of that affect you? Like the idea that energy can never be like it, it can never be destroyed and so our body's energy has to go somewhere into the universe do you ever believe in from those regards from a science aspect no because the you know the energy we're talking about right is the is the physical stuff that is left you know when our bodies like rot and decay like that i mean i <laughs> I don't know if like you watching Tenet, you got like law, you know, the laws of thermodynamics on your mind. I but, did, dude. Um, by the way, but man, because of our time travel episode, I knew the shit out of Tenet when I saw it, and he was like speaking to me. But we're not talking about Christopher Nolan's masterpiece. We're talking about your belief in the science of the supernatural, David. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's just it's it's one of those things where it's and it's it's not about like for for me, it's not even necessarily about the science. It's just it's. It's like this sensation of, um, of like, of sort of like wanting some sort of, or like gravitating so towards some sort of type of immortality. You know, it's just like that is, uh, immortality is not good. Like, you know, the, like, I think the idea of like dying young is more attractive than the idea of like dying like 300 years in the future wow. once like we've killed all animal life. You know, do, do I want to be here for like, 
you know, annihilation to, you know, one's killing the planet. No, I don't want to witness the planet getting murdered. Like, it's just, uh, yeah, like I, I don't, none of that stuff is attractive to me on any level, whether it's like intellectual or emotional. Dave, I'm going to get deeper because maybe you can help me with this too. Then how do you, how do you make it work for your mind uh, you've talked a little bit about like what happens when you die and not becoming a spirit or a ghost or being trapped anywhere. So do you believe that once we die, that's it? There's just, I don't want to say eternal blackness to sound, you know, bleak in its nature, but do you believe that that's it? Existence is over. Nothing happens afterwards. Yeah. I struggle with this every day. I have like a weird thing about death. I'm not afraid of like dying, but I am afraid that existence stops afterwards because I guess you're right. Existence now is the most important thing. So the idea or the concept I haven't been able to justify is that it no longer exists after this point. How do you justify that in yourself, man? How do you cope with the idea of no spiritual life afterwards and just done? How do you do that? I mean, it's it's part of it's like you have no other choice, right? I mean, it's like, okay, well, if I if I couldn't cope with it, then what do I have to do? Like, believe a lie? No, of course not, right? You can't do that either. <laughs> um, and or at least what you think is a lie, right? Okay. Um, to me, it's as simple as there are things you can take advantage of right now. Um, you know, that's like it's you know, even if like I don't physically live on after I die, the relationships that I've forged those live on. Right. The relationships I had with my parents, you know, if my parents are still here, if my friends are still here, whatever, you know, hopefully, you know, those relationships were meaningful. Um, those will live on. And, and I think it's even more meaningful that that your legacy is kind of like carried by others. And in some cases, you know, if you're an artist carried by strangers, right, that, that was always my argument. You know, when, when I was an atheist, I always made a big deal about uh, this argument from intimacy. Right. Which is that like, well, Right. I mean, you know, intimacy is about like uh, proximity. Right. I mean, it's if you're intimate with someone, it's about like that proximity to them. And to me, that was always the issue with religion. It wasn't so much like oh, I've done all this research about Jesus Christ and New Testament history and and what the science says. But just the fact that why if you love me so much, why do I have to talk to you through these disciples who have different interpretations about you and therefore don't have interpretations about, you know, who God is that I agree with or, you know, like, why, why is my connection to you so tenuous? Why do I have to work so hard to make sense about what you are? And so, you know, like this kind of disillusion with that, um, kind of thinking about sort of the supernatural on a, on a level similar to a relationship is why I was always just like, you know what, man, I, I've, I can forge totally meaningful relationships with real people here on earth and I got one shot let's make the most of it do you believe that there are because I believe in the science that there are planes of existence that we cannot see or observe at this time do you believe in that no David how do you wake up in the morning <laughs> nothing exists nothing is real everything is a lie <laughs> Oh my goodness. Well, I mean, listen, if you want to talk about physics, right? So, like, I used to be a big fan of Brian Greene and, uh, and and Lawrence. I can't remember what his name. I think Lawrence Krauss until he came out, turned out to be a, like a sexual deviant. Dude, we're going to have to make um, so many annotations in the info section for all the dope references that you constantly make to books. People are just going to feel so dumb. Don't worry, folks. If you feel dumb, 
I feel dumb too. I am not as smart as David, but let's all uh, let's all listen to this man rattle. Go, David. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna keep going. Lisa Randall, who's oh, Jesus. Uh, here we you go. Theoret, you're right. Mathematician, theoretical physician. David, would you yada, like me to yada. help me put your penis in your mouth so you can suck yourself <laughs> off at this point? Because you're so good at it. <laughs> uh, I just the the point here is that like what I've learned about physics over the years and tracked from from people that obviously know the most. Which is that that shit is always changing, man. They still have fundamental problems they're trying to resolve. You know, how long ago was it that string theory was seen as like the next big thing? And string theory is, is not the next big thing right now. Um, they have like Ooh, other... Putting string theory on blast, calling out all yes. them all <laughs> them scientists out there, mathematicians, physicists. <laughs> Fuck you. String theory ain't shit in this house. Get out. But I, I just think to me, like the... The idea of like alternate universes and in, in parallel, like what is the other one? Simulation theory is another one. It just, it's not, it's not meaningful in the context of like what I can do in my personal life. Mm-hmm. And, and I just, I don't think it's, it's worth reflecting on I, I think science wise. Sure. But you know, I have a big problem with that too, man. Like I've always been critical. And we talked about this the other day with like science and the idea that, um, science doesn't include society as much as it should. Um, science philosophers talk about no, this true. all the time. Um, like you look at look at like the um, the Chinese scientist who uh, created the uh, Chinese baby resistant to HIV, genetically engineered them at birth. Like that's the kind of shit that like wait a second, okay, regardless of whether or not you can perform that and you can do that, it's the whole Jurassic Park thing, right? So preoccupied to you know. Whether, with whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think if they should. Uh, you know, what about that baby? Like, when that baby grows up, how is it going to view life? Because it had no choice except to be tinkered with. And these are the kind of things that science often doesn't ask. And so, to me, like, when I think about, like, these big technologies about whether or not, like, there's, like, parallel universes, I'm like, listen, let's let's try to, like, figure out a way to, like, fix what we got. That's uh, that's so uh, it's, deep, dude. You're you're yeah. That's very deep of you. Like, you're so. But you acknowledge that there's there could be a potential for these futures, but that's not what's important right now. Absolutely, yeah. No, gotcha. Agreed, a hundred percent. Yeah. There is a potential for these, but just that's not the point. So, do you think there's a place in our world for the spiritual and the supernatural? Do you think we should eliminate that altogether? Because I mean. Uh, I may not be a necessarily religious individual, right? Like I'm not hardcore Catholic or anything like that, but I may, I, I will have to admit to the world and myself that I do find a sense of comfort in believing that our energies become something. I'm not saying like heaven with angels and you know, the way it looks like in Bill and Ted's bogus journey, which is how I picture heaven for some reason. Um, but I do believe that our <laughs> powers, our energy goes somewhere. Like it exists in the universe. I do believe that we become back to the stars where we came with. And I don't know if that means anything or what happens afterwards, but I guess to break it down even simpler, I have to believe that the people I love, and maybe this might answer your, maybe exactly what you're saying. I believe that they have to still exist somewhere, right? And I always, I always used to think in the spiritual sense, not ghosts, but like energy and something that's tangible but maybe what it really means is what you're talking about, which is their memory and their legacy is what's actually propelling that idea forward, which I find 
very fascinating. And it's making me think about things in a different way after you kind of said that. So, okay. So, so personal question then. Yeah. Do you feel like the reason why, especially the only reason I ask this is because you mentioned this in relation to relationships, people that you know, um, is that what you'd like the whole Mulder thing, what you'd like to believe because maybe you feel like you can say things in another life that you couldn't say in this life? I guess at the end of the day, David, I fear the idea of non-existence anymore. That's my, my deep fear. I fear the idea of absolute nothing and the void of darkness. Fears me. And maybe I have to lie to myself and maybe most humans are just straight up lying to themselves. And so maybe when we see ghosts and people try to put science on it, it's a way to understand it. You know what I'm saying? Which is crazy. I mean, I do believe in the science of the spirit of the supernatural. Like I really do. And supernatural, I know we keep talking about ghosts, but I do like to think about some of the supernatural in other ways too. Like the like your dad seeing Lechuza. I think that's the the supernatural creatures that we can't explain, right? The Mothman. That was a good movie, by the way, the one with Richard Gere. I like that movie. I like that movie. I know people give it shit, but I really like that movie, man. There's something about being scared sometimes of like the unknown, which is fun. Um, I think movies help to cope with the idea of non-existence and what's out there, and they help contextualize things. And I think humans want to believe that there's something out there, but when you were younger growing up again until college destroyed your mind uh did anything supernatural based again we're talking full spectrum here from monsters to aliens to spirits did anything ever scare you david i'm trying to think of like a movie that really you know what actually scared the shit out of me and may, maybe this explains it actually like tell me, man, tell you're, me. you're like you're like the psychologist the the so obviously like you know i saw a lot of horror movies just like you i grew up on nightmare on elm street sure. yada yada sure. right like and some of it was silly, some of it was crazy. <laughs> but the the first time I ever remember a movie scaring me was The Vanishing. I have no idea why my parents rented this movie. <laughs> uh, they made they had an American remake. Anyways, it was the first time where like so it's about a killer, but you know, like I had seen so many movies up to that point that I'm just I'm waiting for the person to be like the good guy, or in this case, good girl, to be saved. I'm waiting for the killer to get his comeuppance. Yeah. And there's just a real, like, casual, just, that's not how this shit works. It's not how real life works. This guy gets away with it. This this chick dies. The end. And I was like, the fuck did you show it? <laughs> like, I was, like, pissed at my mom and dad. Like, they fucking, I, I sit through the whole movie just to see this person die. And, and there's no, like revenge there's no like comeuppance that was like the first movie where i just i felt like a real existential like god damn like man does this life suck you know <laughs> you know that kind of thing it's because that was the first movie i saw where there's a genuinely like genuinely like not good ending or not happy ending uh but it's not a happy ending in a very visceral way because you know just you're the the girl that gets subducted is killed and that's it that's pretty much it. So you can be rocked by something that is, for the lack of a better term, an existential crisis in your body, something that challenges your thought or your idea of the way things work and makes you rethink it in a different context is what can rock you a little bit to your core. So yeah, like when, when I'm presented with a kind of a perspective that changes my own perspective or challenges it, really just kind of flips it, like that's when I'm like, okay, like maybe this is how I need to think about things. So this is one of the situations, if... 
one day the existence of the supernatural spirit world, a monster of some kind, were to be proven without shadow of a doubt, you're, you would then go through an ex existential crisis that would rock you, and then you would finally be afraid of ghosts, maybe, is what it's... We have a long way to go, but then you'll finally be afraid of ghosts, is what it sounds like. Because, because it would be a part of the new reality, and I would just have to accept that, that, new rea that reality shift, that paradigm shift. Your biggest fear is the idea of reality coming to light <laughs> yes yeah but I, i'm real i'm real curious because you've been talking about ghosts and i know that ghostbusters is your favorite film hell yeah uh, it is which i am afraid of ghosts which I, no no i'll say you know let me say this uh about ghosts a lot of people are afraid of ghosts because they think they're going to get hurt by a ghost right movies show ghosts hurting people whether like scratches or attacks or murder of some kind right and for the longest of time growing up, I did. I was the same. I was afraid of ghosts because I thought ghosts were going to hurt me. As a child, I grew up and I would be afraid of the dark. If something happening in the dark, a sound, a noise, a light in bed, and I would just freeze and panic for hours and never sleep. Like, if I close my eyes, I will be murdered by a ghost. That's how my brain worked. And it wasn't until college that I had um, a wonderful girlfriend who was very spiritual, not necessarily like in the Catholic, uh, Catholic Christianity kind of way, just in the spiritual right, right, sense. Right. And she said something to me that I, and I loved her, and I believed her when she said it, and it stuck with me. She explained to me that ghosts cannot enter our world to physically hurt us. There is no way that that would be possible. Now, she explained it using actual reasoning for her understanding i don't remember it at the time but i remember when she told it to me it flipped my view of reality for ghosts and ever since then i can honestly say i ain't afraid of no ghosts you don't think that was a way of her like getting into your pants like that was her way of getting oh late? no like, way if dude. i just talk ghosts to this mm -hmm. guy first of all as nerdy as no, he no, is no. first of all she was a 10 and i was a potato three so like it's the other way around. I was trying to get into her pants, if anything. Like she did, she probably did me the favor of going out with me. Um, but she had a real beautiful way of explaining how ghosts are not here to hurt us, but merely to uh, do something else, right? And and I don't know what about it stuck with me forever. And after that, I was never afraid of being physically harmed by a spirit. Seeing a spirit would probably freak the shit out of me, and I would just take a dump right there. But. Being hurt by one no longer affects me anymore. What does that say about? <laughs> what does that say about your your um your relationship with ghosts then? That that you would be blown away. That you would take so much from this because to me, I, I think you are. Oh man, what's the uh? There, there's a psychological like term for this. Fat. <laughs> what the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I just I can't so here okay maybe okay let me backtrack okay. let me back up so you were initially afraid of ghosts this uh, Cinderella of yours just swept you off your feet with this one line about ghosts it worked reprogramming how you thought reprogram my brain do you think that what kind of consciousness would you describe exists within a ghost lucid is what I imagine in and out of fluctuation of understanding what's happening Energy not being able to solidify and holding on to probably the strongest emotions which elicit the strongest energies inside of us, both electrically 
for science purposes and spiritually. And I always imagine that when ghosts do show up, they're only playing off their strongest energies, which is why you don't see a ghost hanging out and drinking a beer and being like, hey, you want to play some Halo? Uh, you know, instead, they're emotionally attached to something. And when they come inside those moments of brief existence or manifestation, if you will, is probably attached to some type of higher emotion or energy that they experienced in their life. That's what a lot of people attribute the idea of like spirits, you know, who die traumatically and, and, and can't move on because of that particular reason, if you will, from a religious standpoint. But I believe scientifically it's the energies and, and that we create in our life existence that propel us to exist as ghosts, which is probably why I will end up being a ghost and haunt you. Cause as we've said in the podcast before, like I just absolutely cannot stop thinking about all the good and bad stuff in my life and I can't let it go. So when I die, I'll probably be a ghost. I will haunt the hell out of you, David, and make sure that your children see Lechuza when they get older. Hold on. But you said, but I said consciousness. You think that consciousness has something to do with just like shifting in and out of like physical states? Consciousness is attached to the physical state. Consciousness exists when the physical state exists. So I think we fluctuate in and out of consciousness. And what brings us into existence are emotions and energies. So consciousness exists once we manifest back into reality, into this plane of existence, if you will. Which by definition doesn't exist. So how would that uh, how would that imply consciousness? No, by definition, we right? don't know it doesn't exist yet. We're assuming you're assuming it doesn't exist. <laughs> But you can't argue that it does exist. <laughs> and here is why you and me will never agree on ghosts. Because I believe, and you don't, I ain't afraid of no ghosts, and you're just an asshole. So that's the real science behind it. <laughs> we also don't know that goblins in your closet don't exist. And we also don't know that goblins in my closet do exist. Listen, listen, the... The the point I was getting at there sure. is that um is that when you like so what hinges on consciousness? Um unity, right? A sense of continuity, um, a sense of like past, present history, like none of those things are things that would ever attribute to some sort of ethereal spirit. And I wonder why I wonder why you assign all those characteristics to them. Probably my upbringing, man. You know, my understanding of science and religion when I was a kid, even though I moved on from like organized religion to more spiritualism, if you will. Spirit meaning more, I believe, in the universe and all of its theories and chaos and right. everything. You know what I'm saying? Um, I think that all of that combined has made up my mind on how extra dimensions work and spiritual energies work and all of that kind of stuff, which at the end of the day fuels me that I believe that the, the spirits can exist and our energy exists in the world, which is, brings me a little bit of joy and satisfaction knowing that my loved ones uh, give back to the universe, exist somewhere, and um, we are all a part of the stars as Moby said, we are all stars in the universe or something to that fact because I can't remember the song. If you want to be like scared shitless, especially since it sounds like you're still sensitive and maybe you've already seen it, but if you want to just be like absolutely just floored, okay, creep the fuck out, watch Lake Mungo. Lake Mungo? Like, I saw that probably like, I don't know, maybe like a year ago. Mm -hmm. And like that was like the one movie that was about a ghost that I was genuinely like just oh, 
fuck, dude, this is like, I don't know if I want to watch the next scene. Like, it takes a lot to like to, to creep me out. And that movie, like, like I, I think you would just be, dude. I, I didn't even finish. The, you're gonna come back and say I didn't even finish the movie, man. That that was. You too think the movie's gonna break but me, David? I think that movie's gonna break, break you. me. You think this movie is my Ivan Drago and it's going to break me? Is that what you're trying to say? It's actually, I would say it's your Apollo Creed because you end up loving it. I would say the dark and the wicked. That's your Ivan Drago. That's another really cre- that's pretty creepy film. I'll make it. I'll put it on my list, David. I'll put it on my list. By the way, uh, Dark and the Wicked, uh, directed by the guy that did The Strangers, Brian Bertino, who really like never even. I don't remember uh, him making another film after The Strangers, which seemed like a good film, and then you just never heard from him again. By the way, I love The Strangers. Um, I like the original a little better, which I believe was just called Them. That that shit scares me for sure. If we're just talking about like baseline fear, again, it's the idea that's I always have this fear that I'm gonna look out my window and see a dude with a mask staring at me, and then I know that that's it. So I might as well just kill myself because I know what comes next. You know what I'm saying? I know what happens next. Um, wow, David, we have we have like circled all over the place, uh, and that's amazing based on this topic. Um, at this part of the show, David. We like to say, we like to ask ourselves the question, what did you learn about somebody today, right? And today I have to say, I have to answer, what did I learn about you? And while we always may start off silly and there's a lot of dick jokes and a lot of like deep thoughts and ideas about stuff, I'm always impressed and once again inspired by you. You continue your continued confidence in your ideals is absolutely inspiring to me. When I talk to you, your voice, your timber has such confidence in what you believe in that it makes me want to be that confident and believe in what I should believe in. You believe in the here and the now and that life has the, that life is the most important. And that is utterly beautiful and something I wish myself and more people could understand. That the here and the now is what is important. And this life that we live is the most important thing. And the time that you spend living your life and, and, and inspiring others is what's to live for. That's what you taught me through your words and conversations. What you do with your time transcends death. And that's how you live on in the spirit in your spiritual sense your biggest fear is not the darkness and the dark void and the unknown but the mere fact that maybe something you didn't believe in becomes reality and that is your biggest fear as it rocks your ethical and your ethical core but at the end of the day david your beautiful understanding of how to live a life and not look back but also not to look too far into the future but to live in the existence of right now moves me so much. And I hope that it moves other people to, to think about now, to love the ones you love now, and to do something that inspires somebody, everybody, a little bit each time. Because we only have, as you said, one life to live. So let's do the best that we can with it. And God help us if fire in the sky becomes a reality because we are all doomed from the beginning <laughs> That's what I learned about you, David, today. You inspired me. Thank you. I, I, oh, man. I, I don't know how you always make me sound like the most, like, 
just like uh, confident uh, sort of person that's got their shit together. Because for me, you know, you know what it is, man. Like I just a long time ago, I realized there are no sane people, only sane perspectives. So just work on your perspective. You do that and you'll be David, okay. you are the true gem of this podcast. All I have are sad jokes of getting beat up and having too many Blu-rays and being fat. You have like true <laughs> wisdom to pass on to people who could give their kids to live better, happy lives, ladies and gentlemen. All I can say is to anyone out there, love your mother, treat her like a queen because she's the best thing in your life, period. David, thank you so much. I had an absolute blast talking about ghosts and the 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 the, 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 the theoretical the metaphysical the science lechuza uh one day we got to get your dad on the podcast so he can tell us about the about that whole experience because i want to hear the hell out of that maybe when i go over for mexican cornbread uh we can t- i can talk to your dad about lechuza and see what's up because that sounds like a dope ass story to begin with <laughs> that's the deal dude uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you like the show, please don't forget to like, share, give us five stars, and send us a review. Uh, if you like the show, awesome. If you hate the show, give us five stars and give us a review of why you hate it. We'll still probably read it on the air anyway. We would love to hear from you, most of all. Right now, me and David have to keep doing all the work of coming up with questions that have to ask ourselves to learn. But we're lazy people. We're really lazy. We're tired. We're old. We want you to send us topics to talk about so we can explore each other, uh, both uh, mentally and both physically at the same time. So if you'd like to hit us up, (laughs) ask us a question, ask for our advice. We'd love to share some of our wisdom and advice and some of the shit that we've been through. Uh, you can email us at wreckthepod, that's R-E-C, the, P-O-D, at gmail.com. You can hit us up at Twitter at wreckthepod, R-E-C, the, pod, P-O-D, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Brian Ortiz. I am the other host, David Castillo. And remember, ladies and gentlemen, at the end of the day, ghosts can't hurt you. And most of all, Ghostbusters got it right and is the best movie of all time. And don't forget, most importantly, live in the here, live in the now, love the people you're with, fight the people that you're with. But at the end of the day, inspire someone, something, leave something behind because we don't know if there's a dark void afterwards, but our memory will live on and what we do will live on as well. Until then, ladies and gentlemen, don't go walking in the streets. Don't look for Lechuza. And if you don't know what we're talking about, look it up, people. (laughs) Look it up. Be safe. Don't die. Peace. (laughs) This is a great ending. Life's a Wreck is an FC podcast production created by Brian Ortiz and David Castillo, recorded in our homes and edited by me, Brian Ortiz. Theme song and outro by Hard Power USA. Check them out on SoundCloud. And please let us know what you think about the show by rating us and leaving a comment. You can also email us topics of discussion for future episodes at wreckthepod at gmail.com. That's R-E-C, the pod at gmail.com. Hey, thanks for listening to our little slice of the podcast world. And we'll see you at the next episode. Thanks for stopping by.